Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. Well, it's been all about the Jackson Hole speech by Jerome Powell last week, and investors still seem to be digesting the remarks. Going by what markets have been going through, it's been pretty much negative for the past few days, but some signs of things bouncing back, but still quite choppy. Let's check in with Hao Chung Wan. He is the head of Asia Fixed Income for Principal Global Investors. Morning, Hao Chung. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. Hey, great to have you on because there is still quite a bit to unpack from his speech going by what's being priced in, what expectations going forward. Uh, walk us through what's your takeaways from the speech and reaction so far. Indeed. Typically, the Jackson Hole isn't uh, a platform for the Fed to announce any major uh, sort of FOMC or Fed decisions. But this time around, I think Jay Powell kind of made it a very pointed message about the focus on inflation by the Fed. And, and very much many things that he said is nothing new compared to the minutes of some of the Fed speakers that came before him. But the, the speech itself, I think what we took away is that, was that it took out any, any chance of Fed pivot that talks about it. And, and it's very clear for, from the Fed's point of view in, in this zone of asymmetric risk. I think for them, it's, it's more important to have Fed credibility than, to, than, than even to, to risk a slowdown. So I, I think from our point of view right now, terminal rates may have to go higher. And it's not even about how fast it gets there, but it's now about how long it stays mm. at, at the higher rates. Yeah, how high and how long, that seems to be the question. And if you look at the data coming out in the next few days, we've got the uh, Consumer Confidence Index, Consumer Spending as well, and the non-farm payrolls at the end of the week. How should investors be positioned to read the data? Will it be a case of good news? Will it be bad news for markets? Because it could mean the economy has more room to absorb higher rates. Absolutely. I, I think we're now in, in this place where the Fed is, is thinking and focused about inflation we're a bit more concerned that we're moving into a good news is bad news and bad news is bad news zone. I think a neutral sort of a, a payroll number is going to give some relief. I, I think too high or too low is, is going to give some, some risk of expectations that the Fed might, might go more aggressive instead. Yeah, and that's going to be one to watch out for at the end of the month where uh, those payroll numbers, of course, Jerome Powell has been saying the jobs market has been quite resilient. We'll see if that story sticks. And turn our attention to what's playing out in China. So a lot of headlines in the past few days. The latest is around Shenzhen where they have shut the world's largest electronics market. If you've been there, it's a bit like Simlim Tower where you've got mm-hmm. just so many stores, thousands of them selling telephone parts, electronics, micro chips. So that's been shut down because they are trying to keep the, to keep the lid on a potential outbreak. So that's been playing out on top of everything else, the property market issues and all the crisis and confidence issues. What's your takeaway and approach towards China right now, Hao Chong? I think China for us is one of a structural slowdown, right? And, and the two forces that are kind of being the largest drag, COVID and, and the property sector. So the impact of COVID has been one of a very start-stop uh, situation. Cases aren't going away that, that easily, and, and it's putting the country in a whack-a-mole position to try to contain the outbreaks. But that said, you know, policy is already shifting. The COVID conversations and the policy conversations are becoming more science-based as vaccinations increase. They, they, they kind of have the, the, the end state to it. And the reduction in quarantine times uh, is already a sign of it. 
the, the key thing here is that the sentiment in China is still low and it's going to take time to shift the new policy. And when we talk about the, I guess, shifting, are we near the bottom when it comes to China yet? Are we looking at investors perhaps taking this opportunity to get back in at this point or should they be waiting it out even more? From our point of view, I think the real economy is going to take some time. I, I think the, the drags in, in the property sector, we're just seeing the very early innings of, of policy losing very specific to, to the sector is going to take time. But some parts of the market are looking overshot, right? I, I think there, there are a few of these markets, whether in tech or, or property, that there are some elements of, of cheapness to it. But it's going to take time as the market wants to recorrect some of these uh, overshot levels. And we, we might get some better times ahead. Within the tech sector, there's, there's a discussion going on between US and China, and that might bring some relief in the near term. Yeah, lots of question marks over the um, stimulus measures as well, and that will take some time to play out and filter through to the markets. Uh, so China still want to watch, and taking a step back and looking at the region, uh, what's your assessment of how Asian markets overall have been uh, performing, and where would you be looking at in terms of places that might be more attractive in terms of the economy in Asia, I think that the few key things we need to look out for is, is one, the global slowdown as, as kind of the US and, and Europe as I see some of the energy pressures that are coming through in, in Europe. That slowdown is going to have an impact into Asia, which is largely external driven, right? And, and we are seeing inventory shipment ratios kind of go up. And so that bull whip effect might, might kind of have an impact on Asian economies later down the road. The second thing is, is energy prices. Uh, the, the dependency on LNG in some parts of, of Asia, especially in North Asia, is, is going to have an impact as, as supplies are diversified away from Asia to, to, hit, uh, to, to go to Europe. So that, that's another thing we need to look out for as higher energy prices are kind of spread through the region. The third is the dollar strength. I, I think several of the Asian economies have done really well mm. to keep up with the U.S., whether in Korea or seeing they've done really well. Uh, even the BI, the Bank of Indonesia, has, has kind of done a surprise hike, and, and which is rightly so in, 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 in this timing, as uh, potential fewer subsidies might come off. They might have high inflation, but they're doing the right thing structurally. So I, I think these are some of the key things we, we need to look out for. So in terms of where we like Markets, Sing Dollar remains a very good place. The MAS wants to be ahead of the curve. It's tightening, mm. keeping up with the Fed. The economy is running well and we have strong fiscal balances behind it. I think some parts of the market we, we need to look out for uh, in, in Renminbi, for example, right? The policy bias, the fixings that we are seeing. It seems that the PBOC fused that with the depreciation scene in, in the yen and won. The CNY is, is, is looking rather strong. So they might want to kind of uh, uh, push back a little bit if, if CMY gets too strong. In terms of trade is deteriorating a bit because of commodities. So I think there are signs that uh, that, that we might see some pressure on the CMY. Yeah, Hao Chang. So what's also interesting to look at in the markets these days is what's playing out in the fixed income space where you have bond yields for the shorter term bonds actually able to pay more in terms of a coupon rate versus the longer term yields. For example, the two-year rates right now for the U.S. Treasury yields is at 3.41% and versus the 10-year yields at 3.09%. So in effect, it's inverted. Uh, so what's the takeaway here? How do investors place themselves around fixed income? And also, what is the split between the traditional portfolio? Is the 60-40 split still relevant these days? 
Okay, so first we need to understand how we, we sort of got here, right? I, I think that the very key thing is that the, the Fed and central banks can only control the front end of the curve. And, and this is why the, the attention on inflation and understanding inflation dynamics is going to be important because this is what's going to reverse this very flat curve or inverted curve that we are seeing. The second thing is that typically a very inverted curve are signs of a potential recession. Uh, and that is because you, you kind of don't have a central bank policy behind you and the market is worried about long-end rates and, and, and future potential growth might be lower than, than kind of what we're seeing. And that, that is, that's the reason why the curve is, is rather inverted. For us, I, I think with this view that the Fed is, is thinking about wanting to curb inflation, less worried about growth, I think for us, in, in terms of risk assets, we are, we are rather defensive. We like short duration where yields are there. We think that in the front end, uh, a large part has been priced in. Yeah. Uh, there might be uh, slightly higher rates, and that's something we need to watch out for because inflation in the U.S. might have potential lags and have a few more legs to go. And, but, but I think in terms of duration, keeping short duration, high quality is probably the way to go. Keeping in regions that... They have kind of kept up with the Fed and, and done very sound orthodox central banking moves are where we like. All right, short-term duration bonds will be uh, the ones to look at more closely. We've been chatting with Hao Chung Wan. He is the head of Asia Fixed Income for Principal Global Investors. Hao Chung, thanks for your time this morning and we'll catch up again with you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.